You may be seated. All right, let's find out if y'all did your homework. We're about to find out. How many brought the oil? How many totally forgot? If you brought last week's oil, lift it up if you have it. If you don't have it, lift up your hand. We need Prevagen for this church. Huh, okay. Let's, we're going to hand some out. We brought some because we kind of predicted, if not projected, if not assumed, that this would happen. So we want you to get your oil. If you were here in the beginning of September, we really heard from the Lord, and all of it, of course, biblically substantiated. We heard about what's happening here as it pertains to a roadmap for the next forthcoming months. Fresh oil, holy fire, and new wine. Everyone repeat after me. Fresh oil. Holy fire, new wine. It's all coming together. There it is. That, that's your recipe for this next season that we're already stepping in. And we began with fresh oil. There is a biblical narrative regarding King David. David, who received on three different occasions the anointing. He was anointed with fresh oil. 1 Samuel 16, 13, 2 Samuel 2, 4, 2 Samuel 5, 3. Last week, we were in 1 Samuel 16, 13. David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of olive oil and anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. That was his first anointing, the first anointing. And I want to get to the second and third anointing. I do. And we may get there today in the next 20 minutes. We may get there. But that first anointing, there's even more revelation in the past few days, more biblically substantiated truth, awakening of your spiritual eyes to see some principles and truths that everyone here needs to walk out with. I want to digress here a bit and give you a reminder if you're taking any notes. The first anointing is the anointing of assignment. Say assignment. assignment. That's when you understand your purpose. Why are you on this planet? Why are you here? Are you here to pay bills and, and, and be harassed by the IRS? Are you here, you know, and then one day say, bye-bye, I'm out of here. No, you have an assignment from heaven. You and your family have an assignment. And I truly believe that we have family assignments. Not just, not only are you anointed, but your children and your children's children have a purpose. Hence, you can measure that assignment by all the hell and warfare you go through. Like the greater the level of adversity and conflict and strife, the, 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 everything that comes against you is directly proportional to your God-ordained assignment. So when I hear someone tell me, listen, I've been, I had a terrible childhood and I, I went through this and I went through that, I turn around and look at them and go like, wow, how does it feel having an incredible assignment from heaven to change the world by the power of God? So we all have that assignment. The first anointing is the anointing of assignment. The second one is the anointing of acceptance. Everybody say acceptance. Which means that anointing is no longer private. It becomes public. That's when God ordains certain people to affirm and validate that anointing. Not everyone has to accept you. But God has already ordained a group of people who will help facilitate the fulfillment of the purpose he has placed upon your life. And then there's the anointing of advancement. When all of them come together, watch this. You are anointed to prove hell wrong. Amen. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. You are anointed to prove hell wrong. Amen. What does that have to do with David? I'm going to show you some verses that you may have never read before. Where on multiple occasions, David was told, you're never going to do it. 
You're never going to accomplish it. And he proved them wrong because of the anointing. I need you all to get ready because in Jesus' name, what God is pouring upon you, igniting inside of you, is going to empower you to prove every lie of the devil against you wrong. Whatever Satan, whatever hell, darkness, the past, sin, whatever all of that has declared upon you, your family, your life, you are about to prove hell wrong. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to double down on that. I want you to look at someone around you and tell them, there's an anointing. There's an anointing that will empower you for the glory of Jesus to prove hell wrong. If you believe it, give Jesus a praise offering right about now. What did we learn last week? We're just reviewing real quick here. What did we learn from David's first anointing? This is what we learned. God anoints the private you before he anoints the public you. He anoints you to serve before he anoints you to lead. Don't ask to be a leader if you don't like to serve. He anoints you in the presence of your family before he anoints you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints you to wait before he anoints you to win. That's what we learned last week. But there's one part that we touched on last week that I want to go a little bit deeper on. And I want to just, just hit this a little bit harder here today. It has to do with what happened in 1 Samuel 17. Here's the anointing of assignment. There's the anointing of acceptance. Before you get that anointing of acceptance, before you go public with your anointing, not only do you serve the people around you, not only do you, do you learn to utilize your worship expression to bring about not just freedom and comfort for your atmosphere, but for those, do you realize there's freedom in your praise? David would play the harp. He played the harp. Saul was tormented by evil spirits because of his sinful indiscretion, his rebellious, narcissistic spirit and reality. So God permitted these spirits just to go all over Saul. But then David would play and David would worship God and the demons and the spirits would flee. When you praise and when you worship and you are anointed, demons have to flee. Yeah, y'all missed that. We, you don't worship and praise. Yes, you do it primarily. The number one objective is to magnify and exalt God Almighty, to lift up the name of Jesus. But there are some fringe benefits to your worship and praise. When you praise, God shows up. God inhabits the... So when God shows up, the devil has to run out. If you want your atmosphere to shift, you just start worshiping in the name of Jesus. Praise in the name of Jesus. Someone asked, Pastor Sam, we see you on, in different churches and in different... I, I'm, I'm an eclectic preacher. I'll, I'll preach in First Baptist today. I'm a Baptocostal, so I easily can preach in a Baptist church. I can preach in a Pentecostal, a charismatic, an automatic. It, I, all the different varieties, as long as Christ and biblical orthodoxy is adhered to, I'll preach. But then there are churches that are very more reserved. And, the, and the, but I, I still preach. I preach differently. I'll be honest. You got to understand your crowd. You read your crowd. So I, I preach. You, you don't give everyone the same coffee. Some people could handle two shots, three shots, one shot. So you have cappuccinos, espressos. You have to learn the crowd. So, but 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 the reason why I, Pastor, I love Lauren and Rochelle Dibbler, Pastor Lauren and Pastor Rochelle. They're amazing. But he said he, that I come back on Sunday. I do. And the, the, somebody, asked, why do you come back on Sundays to your church? Why? Because in this church, we, when there's this thing about, we just, we're a little bit, hmm, what is that? What, we, we know 
that when we praise and when we worship, we're in Sacramento, California. This is one of the most spiritual warfare cities on planet Earth. Oh, you, some of y'all know where I'm going right now. Sacramento is not your normal cup of tea. God, God bless Omaha, Nebraska. This is not Omaha, Nebraska. This is not Fayetteville. This, are you with me? This is not even San Antonio. This is one of the, the there are, there's more spiritual warfare over Sacramento than over 99% of the cities in America because it's the largest state of the union and this is the capital of the largest state. And the, and the, the, the laws that come out of California inevitably have a ripple effect that it the rest of the nation and then Europe follows and then Asia follows so when you think Sacramento is your normal city it is not why is this church here because when we lift up Jesus when we worship Jesus just like David devils have to flee I don't know if you're getting that right now when we lift up Jesus devils and demons have to flee and I may get in trouble for this the we do it where every race and ethnicity is in this church do you follow me right now the moment every race and ethnicity come together not in some sort of monochromatic presentation we look like heaven we look like the kingdom of heaven talking about a rainbow baby you want to see a real holy anointed rainbow come to this church and see the glory of God lifted up for the power of Jesus David understood that when he worshiped, demons flee. And then, under this first anointing, here's, here's what happens. Something happened that we touched on last week. Hmm. Saul, you, you play the harp? Yeah, good. All right. You receive your anointing. You serve. You learn the power of worship and what it means, both vertically and horizontally. What's next? Oh, what's next? What's next is the confrontation. There's a, this giant, his name was Goliath. He's a trash-talking giant. He's talking trash, blaspheming God, coming against God's children, just bad. And he's talking trash, and God's children are just, they're, they're full of fear and trembling, but not of the Lord, of this, this champion of Gath named Goliath. And all of a sudden, David is, is aware of what's going on, and he comes to serve, he comes to serve his brother some cheese sandwiches from Panera. And he brings Panera cheese sandwiches, in my mind. He brings Panera cheese sandwiches over. So he's doing what again? He's what? Serving. Never went to fight Goliath. Never went to put, no, he went to serve. And by going to serve, God gave him a platform that made him famous that very day. <laughs> There are the moment your heart is pure and you're focused on servicing. If you want the platform, you're never going to get it. If you want to serve God and do his will and change the world with the glory of Jesus, God will give you a platform for his glory that no man will be able to take away. So he goes to serve and all of a sudden we have the conversations. We won't get into right now. We'll focus on the conversations. And then Saul sees him and then his brothers, you know, even the brother that was, ooh, did anybody ever notice the fact the brother Y'all want to read it? Eliab? The same brother that Samuel originally said, that guy must be it. The same brother was the brother that spoke up when David showed up. He was still, he didn't get over the fact that he wasn't it. He, he speaks up and says like, what you doing? What are you doing here? What are you doing? You don't belong here. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, get over it, man. 
get over it. Favor's not fair. Favor's not fair. Favor, he should have been smart and said, I appreciate the fact I saw you get anointed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you. You're anointed. You're favored. I'm not going to curse you. I'm not going to be an obstacle to you. I'm going to bless you. Instead of talking bad about you, I'm going to speak life into you because so you go, so I go, and I don't want to hinder my blessing, so I'm going to bless you. When you see God bless someone else, don't be a brother like David's brother and curse it and come against it. When you see God bless someone else, you need to praise and worship and celebrate like if it were your own victory are you here am i preaching to somebody when someone gets the promotion in their job don't get jealous praise god because the moment you celebrate you'll be next in line to receive a portion of the benefits of what that person received so there it is he comes up here and then the conversations you know saul looks at him and says come what you're kidding me and and david said that guy can't be talking about my god like that y'all all, all of you are quiet. He's trashing God. He's trashing the God I worship. The one I play the harp to. The one who, you're, and you're all like quiet about it. Shh. No, I got this. And then this happened. Let me show you. Come on up here, Sean. Then Saul gave David his own armor. Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on. And then 1 Samuel 17, 39, I can't go in these. I can't wear these. Get this off me. So David removed and took Saul's arm. Here's what I want to do. Sean, let's exchange jackets. You first. Yeah. That's, that's as far as you can go. What does that say about me? Your muscle's bigger than my body. That's all. I could put my wife here. I could put Evie here. I could put all my grandkids here. And there's still room left. This is what, there's too many, help me, be, be gentle with this here. Too many Christians, too many people in the church find themselves unable to overcome the giants in front of them because they are wearing someone else's armor. Stop for a second. David was anointed. Anointed. And for a moment, he put on whose armor? So even, even an anointed person can be limited by what they put on themselves. Or what you permit others to put on you. In other words, you can't fight your giant with someone else's anointing. You can't get your breakthrough with someone else's praise. You can't fulfill your purpose with someone else's promise. You can't live out your destiny with someone else's identity. You have to get 
your own. I need someone in this auditorium who has enough faith today to say in the name of Jesus, I'm going to put on what God has paid for me. I'm not, I'm going to take off Saul's armor. I don't care if the armor was placed upon you by generations of family ideas. I don't care if it's pre-genetic disposition. I don't care if it's a religious philosophy that is counterintuitive to the word of God. There must be at least seven people in this auditorium and maybe 7,000 streaming online right now who will say today I'm taking off Saul's armor and I'm putting on the armor of God because every giant before me will come down. If that's you, lift up your hands. You have to wear your own armor. You have to carry your own testimony. Revelation 12, 11, we overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our, the word of our what? The word of our what? You have to remove. We have, you, you will never, ever, ever get the next level of anointing, fresh anointing. You will never receive the anointing of acceptance until you say no first to Saul's armor. Listen to me carefully. The first great victory that David experienced was not defeating Goliath. It was saying no to Saul's armor. You'll miss that. The moment you say no to what people want to place some, ah, people, there are things people like to place on you. There are things people want to place on you. They want to, the moment you put on Saul's armor, do you know what you're putting on? His belief system. Stop his narcissism, his selfishness, his ego, his rebellion. The moment you put on his armor, you're putting on his identity. If the blood of Jesus did not pay for it, I don't want it on me. Somebody lift up your mouth and lift up your hands and repeat after me. If the blood of Jesus did not pay for it, I don't want it on me. If the blood of Jesus did not pay for it, I don't want it on my family. If the blood of Jesus did not pay for it, I don't want it on my destiny. If the blood of Jesus did not pay for it, I don't want it in my mouth, on my thoughts, on my words, or my actions. Somebody shout like you're getting rid of Saul's armor. Anybody here ready to get rid of Saul's armor? If you're ready, lift up your hands. There's going to be a brief one right here. If you're ready to remove Saul's armor, Pastor Sam, what are you saying? Are you ready to remove what has been placed upon you that is out of alignment with the anointing God has placed in you? Are you ready to remove that? If you are, lift up your hands. If you understand, the, before you bring down the giant, you have to say no to Saul's armor. remove what has been placed on you generationally spiritually intellectually emotionally financially even physically remove i sense an anointing on this sunday will be the day you will respond like david and you're saying get this off me i already have what i need from jesus to bring down every giant in front of me by the authority of heaven if you're ready to do it lift up your hands all right, this is what we're going to do a little bit differently today. Let me have it. I'm going to remove it. Yeah, I'm not. No coercion, no manipulation. It, it is prophetic in its illustrative purpose. I'm going to remove this. If there's anyone here who says, Pastor Sam, I've been carrying stuff that I shouldn't be carrying. Something placed it on me or some, maybe something you placed on yourself. 
right? Because sometimes it's not Saul putting it on us. We go to Saul's thrift shop. And we pick up stuff. And we purchase it. And we put it on ourselves. So, but if today is the day you say, I'm going to get this off me. I'm going to remove this. When I remove it, I want you, at your discretion, I want you to come out of your seat. And I want you to take that and leave it up here. Because once you leave it here, you're going to pick up the five stones. That's what David did after he removed Saul's armor. And in the name of Jesus, every giant who has risen against you, inside of you, outside of you, will come down by the authority of heaven. And you will step into your next anointing. So if you're ready for that, lift up your hand. This is what he placed on him. I told you last week, and I want you to remember, undergirded by 1 Samuel 15, it wasn't that Saul was looking out for David. 1 Samuel 15 tells us that Saul was an egomaniac. All he did, everything he did, he did for his glory. What does that mean? If Saul, what did I tell you last week? If Saul placed this on David, it was for Saul to get the what? To get the glory. There are people that place things on you for the purpose of getting the credit. So you can owe them something at the end of the day. But, but some of you, you all need, and, and there are people that God brings your way for breakthroughs and victory. That's different. But people that are battling deep, people that are bound, no, you need to hear me. You need to be, make sure, you need to act like David. You know what, David, David wrote this. You need, remember this, right? David wrote, there are some men that trust in chariots. Others trust in horses. But I place my trust exclusively in the Lord God Almighty. Psalm chapter 20 verse 7. Is there anybody here who knows that the only one you can completely confide in is God? Lift up your hands. Has anyone, has anyone here discovered throughout your journey that the one that was there for you when everything else came against you was the one who has never failed you or abandoned you? Is there anyone here who has a testimony that in your darkest pit hour, when you were in your lowest pit, you cried unto the Lord and he took you out of your miry clay and he placed your feet on solid ground all right I'm gonna remove it and if you have to put in Saul's armor bring it up here just throw it on the stage and you may want to stick around here so we can pick up five stones but uh, one more one more thing one more time I gotta show something place it on me like this on top Here's David with his armor for a moment. Whoa, whoa. In the previous chapter, I know this guy. Just a few verses ago, I was in his house, in his room. And I was, what was I doing? I was playing hard because what? He had what? See it. That's some demons. Right? seen your demons don't I've seen your demons I've seen your trauma I've seen the stuff that's all around you I don't want that on me no y'all missed it God has anointed me part of my anointing is to serve you but I can serve you without becoming you I'm preaching to five people right now I can pray for you without talking like you 
can intercede for you without walking and talking and living like you. We have, I'm going to get in trouble now. We have some Christian, oh, help us, Lord. I say this with a heavy heart. We, I'm going to call out my pastors and my leaders. I love you. But we don't need to become like Saul in order to get Saul saved. We don't need to become like the world in order to save the world. We don't have to put on Saul's armor in order to see Saul set free. No, we have too many people putting on the armor because we're certain. No, no, no. The Bible says do not be conformed to this world. Lift up your hands. We're done. We are done. We're done. Here it is. I'm not going to put on your demons. I'm not going to put on your drama. I'm not going to put on your trauma. To put on Saul's armor is to put on his beliefs, his narcissism, his corruption, and his deviancy. You can serve people without compromising your convictions. You can help people without being corrupted of their values, without putting on their armor. I will pray for you, but I will not become you. I will intercede for you, but I will not imitate you. I will fight for you, but I will not be made into your image. I am not going to talk like you, live like you, or believe like you. Romans 12, 2, if you're getting this, lift up your hands. I'm sorry, I'm seeing too many believers walking around with Saul's armor. Pastor Sam, we have to love everybody. We do. You don't love them by becoming them. You don't embrace sin in order to set them free. Is that too hard? Is that too tough? We have to preach the truth, man. We have to preach the truth. Do not copy the behavior and customs of the world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Romans 12, 2. James 1, 27. Real religion. Religion is not all bad. When someone says all religion is evil, no it isn't. That's silly. The Bible says there's a pure and genuine, it's a belief system around a deity. So there is religion that is legit, Christianity. But the Bible says pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Lift up your hands if you're ready to remove Saul's armor. We have too many that go in with the objective of saving the world and finish looking like the world and thinking like the world. The only way to defeat the giants in our generation is by rejecting Saul's armor and putting on the armor of God. Ephesians 6.10 Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Everybody repeat after me if this is you. If it hasn't been bought with the blood of Jesus, do not put it on me. Say it like you believe it. If it hasn't been bought with the blood of Jesus, do not put it on me. If it's not filled with the Holy Spirit, do not put it on me. If it's not holy, if it's not healed, if it's not healthy, do not put it on me. I don't need the world's armor. I have the anointing. Somebody shout like you have that anointing right now. Somebody prays like you're anointed. All the anointed people that are ready to yank off Saul's armor. All the anointed people that are ready to reject the ideas of the world and only embrace that which is undergirded with truth and love and righteousness and justice. Stand with me. You are standing. Those that are not standing, stand with me. This is what I learned. I learned that when you are anointed, there will be an attempt 
to cover that anointing up with an armor out of alignment with your anointing. Men, people, driven by powers of darkness will attempt to place on you things that do not belong to your anointing. And you're going to have to have... By the way, Pastor, where's Pastor Eva still here? She left? She, this is... Pastor Eva was saying in the, in the, after the first service, what blew her away from this message today it's great to have a wife who is like your number one person who receives a message, man. And she was telling me in the green room what blew me away from what you preached this morning. She said, it's the fact that David straight up said no to the king. Back in the day, if you would say no to the king, what would happen to you? And he did it in public in front of everyone you missed that part before he received his public anointing he had to publicly reject what they were trying to put on him oh y'all missed that that's why people get baptized when you get baptized you are publicly declaring I'm no longer wearing Saul's armor I'm wearing everything Jesus paid for me on the don't let anyone put anything on you that's out of alignment with the anointing God has placed inside of you don't let it reject it just reject it say no get thing get this thing off me get it off me if it hasn't been paid with the blood of Jesus I don't want it I'm not going to obligate you it's going to be a little bit of mayhem but there's a lot of people here but I'm going to remove this jacket for illustrative prophetic purposes I'm going to remove everything that has ever been placed and it could be a, a, a perpetual victimization mentality it could be placed on you from generations from culture from government from life yourself whatever it may be we're going to reject it we, the only thing we're going to wear is what has been paid for by the blood are you ready and then you may want to hang around somewhere here we're going to finish when you come up here because we're quickly going to pick up just right there we're going to pick up five stones and then get ready for the next anointing all right are there any questions look at your neighbor tell him neighbor Saul's armor comes off today it will never ever occupy my life occupy my mind my family or my destiny today is that day hey Goliath you're coming down are you ready I'm gonna remove it if that's you come out of your seat Place the armor on the stage. Stick around here. Let's pick up. Let's do it. Place it. Leave it there. You may want to stick around here to pick up five stones. Go ahead. There's breakthrough in the house. Go. Go. There's breakthrough in the house. Go. There's breakthrough in the house. Yeah. There's breakthrough in the house. Hey. 
giants, the principalities and powers of darkness of this world. Ephesians 6, they are already defeated according to Colossians 2.15. They just live in a lie. So they continue to attempt to exert influence and distract us. Hence Ephesians 6.13. How do we defeat them? By putting on the armor of God. Gird your loins about of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. The sword of the spirit. The helmet of salvation. The shield of faith. Our feet with the preparedness of the gospel of peace. Put on the whole armor of God. So we're going to do it. When I count, when I say now, I want you to go like this. You're, you're saying, get this off me. Get it off you, your family, your children, and your children's children. It's off you. Addiction comes off you right here, right now. Unbelief comes off you right here, right now. Diabetes, cancer, heart disease. Get off you right here, right now. Multi-generational poverty is broken right here, right now. You ready? When I count to three, remove it. And by the way, you're, you're so blessed and anointed that if you don't have the strength to remove it, greater is he that is in you. So let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. Once and for all, this thing is coming off you. One, two, three, get that off you. Give God your best victory, freedom, praise right here in this house. Somebody praise like you're free. Somebody worship like you're free. Somebody celebrate like you're free. Somebody rejoice like you're free. Lift up Jesus like you're free. We have to land it. So real quick, if you can, just go like this five times. One, two, three, four. If you have your five stones, lift up, lift up one hand and go like this. You picked up five. Somebody should be asking, why did David pick up five and not just one? The reason he picked up five, which is brilliant, it teaches us that you're not anointed just to bring down one giant. Y'all didn't get that. God never anointed you to bring down one giant. You have enough anointing, enough stones to bring down every giant that comes your way. The giant that comes against you comes down. The giant that comes against your family will come down. The giant that comes against your finances will come down. The giant against your generation will come down. The giant against our nation will come. Somebody sound like a lion's about to fall. All the five, all the five stones. Lift up your hand like this. All biblical. This is all before you get the next anointing. Oh, the Bible says that they were in the valley. Read it. They were in the valley. Giants are slain in the valley. If you find yourself in the valley, it's not because God is punishing you. It's because God has situated you to bring down a Goliath in front of you. All the five stone believers, under the anointing of assignment, you serve. 
you wait you reject Saul's armor you pick up your five stones we have five stones with your hands raised we have them if a giant is before you what do you do we have the stone of the name of Jesus that's your identity 1 Corinthians 15 57 stone number two the Word of God Luke 137 it never fails that's what gives you integrity you'll memorize this if not you'll see it in our app stone number three the blood of the lamb we overcome by the that's your intimacy through that blood we come boldly before his throne room of grace stone number four the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's what gives you the influence first John 227 you have received the anointing of the Holy Spirit and then the fifth stone the faith that overcomes the world first John chapter 5 verse 4 if you have the five stones lift up your hands and all I want you to do when I count to three I'm gonna say you in the name of Jesus you're gonna pick up the one stone Christ which embodies all these stones and you're gonna aim it towards whatever Goliath is standing in front of you because nothing will be able to stand in your way you and your house are about to come under the greatest anointing of your life fresh oil holy fire new wine it's all coming together so ready when i count to three if you want to pivot back just don't hit somebody behind you release the stone release the word release the fullness of the finished work of christ are you ready and give god the absolute best praise you've given him in the past three years one two three Somebody prays like Goliath just came tumbling down. Somebody worship like Goliath just came tumbling down. If you receive this, lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, today, by faith through Christ, we receive your word. That anointing of assignment, we understand what we do with this anointing. We serve in order to lead, and even when we lead, we will serve. We wait to win, and even when we win, we still continue to wait for greater things. Thank you, God, that with that anointing, that anointing, we discover the power of worship, not just vertically with you in your presence, but horizontally, the freedom it ushers in for people around us. Thank you that with that anointing, we remove Saul's armor. We pick up the stones. We bring the giants down. Thank you for telling us that our first victory is the victory of refusing what the world tries to place on us. We receive that right now through your word and by your spirit. If you receive all of it, say it's all mine. In the name of Jesus, amen. Final clap offering of the day for him.